I'm so happy that Mike is finally here to talk on the pod. So listen with your ear. He took the L-I-R-R to Cape Quirrell for pool time and beer. He'll tell you all the secrets that you long to hear. I got. I gotta introduce you the proper way. This is New York Mike, Lindsay's cousin, as a lot as a lot of people would call you around around town growing up. The pride of Smithtown, Long Island, and Cape Coral is going to be a bit of a hybrid episode, in the sense that. Mike, you lived in Cape Coral. You've been visiting Cape Coral since 1989, moved from New York to Cape Coral, and then moved back. So I want to hear, uh, want to hear all about it, man. Uh, how, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Um, pretty good. I can't complain. So you, so one topic that we've been talking about on this podcast for the longest time is mugs and jugs. And you were the most famous uh, bartender waiter at mugs and jugs at the time what was that like but they changed the name right right when i was there they changed the name to scores like <laughs> s-c-o-r-z if you're and if you're in new york and you're working at scores it's a whole different yeah it's a totally different type of atmosphere a it's a strip club. I, w- I would not be a bartender no no i don't Nobody i mean want to see my dumb face there i mean you know let's be honest you got the tits for it so I do. <laughs> nice <laughs> and you know what? So do I. I don't think they discriminate there. Like but COVID twenty, twenty fifteen. I don't know. COVID twenty, COVID fifteen. Freshman, freshman year. Yeah. So scores in New York is a strip club. Did you get High any end strip club of gentlemen? And so, as, as someone that worked there at Scores in Cape Coral, how would you categorize? Uh, how do you, how would you categorize mugs and jugs slash scores? I guess it was like a some sort of a hybrid mashup between like adult bar. Like we would have full out like UFC fights were huge there. Yeah. We, we, we rent out, you know, the whole place would just be packed and it would just be raging people like wanting to fight affliction t-shirts all day long. <laughs> but then like during the week it was like, Oh, but we want to keep it kind of family friendly and you know, have the kids come. In. So like it was odd that the, the whole first floor was pretty open but there was a second story to the place and there yeah. was, it was unusable so what did they do they like made a dart league and they threw seven dart boards up in the back oh wow and then, then they're like oh yeah upstairs and then they're like oh well if we got that so now we have dart leagues like on tuesdays but we we also have this space so let's put like a regular claw machine next not next to the lobster claw machine that's a totally different machine. <laughs> And then have like an arcade pinball type of situation in the corner. But oh, by the way, the upstairs is where the smoking area is too. But you know, kids. <laughs> yeah, kids, whatever. Oh, so <laughs> you were allowed to, you, what year was this where we were allowed to? Uh, 2006. Yeah. 2006, 2007. But by the time that place shuttered down in like 2000, and, I don't know, when did I move out of there? 2012. Moved back to like New York. Five, six years. But we were, it was going under. The, you yeah. know, that, the, the, that recession kind of hit hard for the owners. Yikes. Wasn't there also a time where that place was, I mean, it did shut down. And I guess somebody else, another business moved in there. Uh, but 
didn't they try didn't the owners of scores slash mugs and jugs try and buy the place next door yeah and, the old bamboo club or what was it called bamboo right it i mean there was bamboo everywhere it, so yeah, now i think well now be. it's called dixie's right now the place is called dixie's yeah, so I don't remember what Bamboo Club was inside necessarily, but I know that Dixie's is like a roadhouse line dancing bar. <laughs> right. But it's the, same, it's the same four walls. Really? And one, the guy who owned it, yeah, the guy who owned it would, would never, like he would always tease my, my owner of the, of the bar next door. Like he's like, I can't do anything with this building. Why don't you buy it for me? But he, would, he, didn't, want, he didn't want to sell it. Yeah. So that by the time, like my 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 boss at the time was like, mm, like, do I really want it? He's like, I do, I do, I do, I do, I want it. And like, he has this insatiable appetite. Like, he's he's like from the Bronx. He's Puerto Rican Bronx. Like, once yeah. he gets an idea in his head, like it's we're doing it, or someone's gonna get a machete. <laughs> I didn't learn this until later in life. So around this time uh, that I knew you. I wasn't even aware of it. And I don't know if you were, maybe you could sense it on me, but I'm also Puerto Rican. Yes. Uh, so you could tell, you could, you could smell it on me right away. You're like, oh yeah, you're, you're Puerto Rican. I get it. Yeah. Paco Rivera. <laughs> exactly. But didn't, wasn't there like a dangerous, like second floor volleyball court upstairs? That was, that was next door at the bamboo club. We decided when we, we finally got the, you know, they, they closed the deal. Yeah. So we weren't really allowed to open up a club anymore because the club used to bring a lot of not welcoming things to the neighborhood. Yeah, sure, sure. And, you know, like what? I think like, there was, like while I was at Scores, I think there was at least like two shootings and like three stabbings <laughs> next door. Oh, my God. You know, just random people that were coming from either, you know, Fort Myers or the surrounding areas of Fort Myers, mostly or like snowbirds. No, I don't think no. there were snowbirds. Okay. Just, snowbirds yeah, just would be at Backstreet's. Snowbirds go to Backstreet's. Nice. And the Backstreet, what was Backstreet's? Backstreet's was like uh, Just a regular, just like a pub bar. Like they had like maybe like four out of five, you know, like fried foods and stuff. Yeah. But so, it was cheap beer. And they had, they had like three different gimmicks. Nice. It was like karaoke night. They didn't have a fried all-you-can-eat grouper night. I mean, no. Like they should have. There's that would one spot for that. But they had they had certain nights that you'd go like it was like ladies drink for you know half price and mm. a regular drinks five dollars so you're paying two fifty for drinks. Yeah. Oh man. Jeez. That's that's a recipe for trouble. Right. Five dollars uh, I get two drinks double fisting. Yeah. Perfect. Cranberry and vodkas. And if I show up in my scores little scores outfit slash mugs and jugs outfit, you know. Yeah, you just dressed like a ref referee. <laughs> I was supposed to dress in black jeans and like a sports jersey. Oh, really? That was the uniform for was, you? For me, as a dude. The girls got, like, black Hooters girl shorts, and, like, they had to get tight. Oh, yes. Referee shirts. I've talked about the type of stuff that I've encountered there, uh, like, underage drinking, uh, uh, gambling rings that have been, you know, uh, brought to light, gambling stings. What are some, what are some of, like, the more memorable moments that you had at mugs and jugs or the things that you kind of saw for yourself? Well, going back to me being coming down there since like 1989, my grandparents moved down there in 91, but we've been vacationing down there. Funny, quick, off the topic. My parents got married in 91. My, my mom is remarried my stepdad. 
Okay. They went out of Fort Myers near the Fry Grouper place. There was like a yeah. boat charter. That's where they went for their honeymoon, like Fort Myers Beach. <laughs> oh my God, so what a time. I remember pulling up to the Fry Grouper place for the first time and it was like, hey, is that that boat? That's where my parents like went on a, you know, their honeymoon. <laughs> it's like, wow, yeah. this, is, this is some nice white trashy type place. I think my, my family decided to move because my, uh, my family's originally from upstate New York uh poughkeepsie and we uh from what i remember my grandpa my grandma we originally they decided to move down there because the land was cheaper so cheap cheaper than like you know boca raton or like fort lauderdale any of those places well it was still an up-and-coming place like yeah my 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 dad he he did everything the opposite like we had like two duplexes like right on the north fort myers border over there yeah like Hancock and uh, Southeast 24th. We had like two duplexes that he owned and he yeah. held on to it for like a couple of years, maybe like seven or eight years. And then he sold it and then it boomed. Uh, so then really? my dad's like, he's kicking himself in the ass. And then he goes, oh, let me go back into it. So now it's 2014, two, I mean, 2004, 2005. And it's the bubble. Right. So he buys high and then bursts while I'm down there living there. So it kind of worked out because like at least he didn't have to sell it. But oh. it's like every time he buys in, in Cape Coral, he buys high, sells low. He does the opposite. I don't understand. <laughs> oh man, so unlucky. Uh, yeah, was there, were, were, there any, uh, were there any crazy like scores, stories that uh, stand out to you? Me personally or yeah. as a group? Just as yeah. a group, as a group. As a group, you guys, because I guess – you're what, 34, 33? 33. All right, so I'm third. I just turned 36. So I was. Congratulations. I was at that time, I moved down there, I was 21. So, like, right. I didn't have, like, I was. Oh, yeah. I didn't have any sort of, you know, restrictions. But I also didn't have any friends except <laughs> my cousin Lindsay's friends. And my cousin Lindsay's friends are all 18, 19 year old kids. That's how we knew you. We were like, oh, this is Lindsay's cousin, Mike, and he's a cool guy. And, you know, you, and I think you were a little um, shy because, you know, you're, you're a cool, outgoing person. And, like, you, Cape Coral, Fort Myers, it's a hard place to meet people. So, yeah. like, as a cool 21-year-old, you were able to identify immediately. You're like, ah, I'm going to have to hang out with these 18-year-old, you know, shit. Well, you guys were the most – I guess <laughs> I, I felt the most comfortable with you guys because – Anybody around my age, I didn't really know. And they already had, you know, their own things going on. Like you guys, right. you know, I was kind of vibing with what you guys were doing because you still were doing into sports and stuff like that. Like I had, I came down there kind of like bright eyed, bushy tailed thinking like every time I go down there, it's like a beautiful place. It's like, let's go to the beach. Like I didn't understand like a regular nine to five down there. Yeah. I didn't see the, I didn't see the underside of what Cape Coral Fort Myers is until I lived there for a couple of years. And, and I, I realized, I was like, it's just like anywhere else. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, it, I, I seem to think because of my experience that there aren't too many people in their 20s or 30s in that area. You know, there's a lot of teens and then there's yep. a lot of people in their uh, 40s, 50s, you right. know, as far as like most, well, most of the time. The biggest takeaway that I got from living down there was that I kind of moved down there way too early in my life mm. because at that time, I moved down there for a job. Yeah. I basically got a job oh. before I even found housing, but like, I just figured whatever. So I got a job working for the city of Fort Myers as a lifeguard. I get Whoa. it. I, yeah. I, just, I, I, I forgot did, that. So I, I just, 
I just randomly went out there. I went for an interview. I was still living in New York. I flew down for an interview. Yeah. They gave me the jobs two weeks later. I just packed my bags and moved to Florida. To live, you know, and you got to just live to with work. your cousin, right? Yeah. For a minute, right? Uh, yeah. Well, basically, for the first, like, two weeks, and this, this is the genesis of the couch party. Right. Okay, we'll get into that. The couch party in the parking lot was I moved down there. I had the house that my dad bought that now we're just sitting on because he can't sell it, and we just kind of fixed it up. That was about right. all we did. We kind of, we were going to flip it. Right. But then okay. we couldn't flip it. So we, we put the money down and we fixed it up. So I ended up living with my grandparents for like two weeks. Once the house was finished and we fixed it all up, I was now, I had a whole empty house, but like it's a brand new house that we just fucking painted and did tile and we did little things here and there, like the bathroom. Yeah. But there was absolutely no furnishings. So I was like, <laughs> well, what do I do? So like at the time my mom came down and she's just like, we just went to Target and Walmart. And like, I bought a futon for a bed because I wasn't sure how long I was going to be there. I didn't, you know, I couldn't buy a bed. Yeah. Because I didn't know what the, if it was permanent, if it was temporary, what was going on, if I was going to get homesick or whatever. Yeah. So. But also in Fort Myers, you could be a lifeguard year round. Yeah. Well, that, that was also <laughs> the new thing. Like, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Living in New York, I, you can only be a lifeguard, you know, unless you're working at a pool inside. Right. You can only really be a lifeguard on the, you know, for three, four months out of the year. So you brought up the couch party and let's, let's, let's talk about the entirety of this couch party and what happened because like you said, you were 21. Right. And we were, we were just a little younger than you. And so what, 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 are, what do you remember about uh, well, <laughs> the couch party? I, what I remember was that um, the house that my dad decided to purchase happened to be two doors down from Mr. Matthew Ashton. Yes. So I had already had a, you know, a, a working relationship with Matt because he was really good friends with Lindsay at the time. Basically right. Lindsay's like three best friends were Matt, Chris and Steve Addington at the time. Yeah. 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 And so like every time that I went down there for the spring breaks while I was in college before actually moving down there, I was already hanging out with these guys. Right. So then when we bought the house and then Lindsay's like, you live on this block, Matt Ashton lives right there. I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. And it ended up Mr. Ashton was such a nice dude. He's like, Hey Mike, I noticed you don't really mow your lawn enough. You want me to just mow it weekly and I'll just charge you like 20 bucks. I was like, yeah, hundred percent, please. <laughs> yeah. Great. So like I, every Saturday morning I'd see Mr. Ashton. Like I'd be like, just waking up and be like, Hey, how you doing Mr. Ashton? Yeah. Cause you're like, I'm, I'm sleeping on a futon in here. I'm not buying a, you know, a lawn. Yeah, I'm not buying no lawnmower and fuck it's 90 degrees every day. <laughs> I was like, a wall of humidity just hits you as soon as you walk out of the house. It's like a warm, hu sweaty hug from somebody from you don't want to touch. You. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Okay, so you're living next to Matt. And, and so, so then, I was like, you know what, guys? I think I need some fucking furniture. <laughs> yeah. after, so how, like, after living there for how long? Like, I was, it was probably like two weeks in. Like, I had a kitchen okay. table. I had, I had bought a kitchen table. I had bought a futon. And I had like, just like a, a little thing to put a TV on in my room. Right. I was like, you know what guys, I need some furniture. We need a couch in here. Yeah. I was like, I'm poor. I don't, I haven't even got my first paycheck yet. Yeah. So I was like, Hey Matt, where can we go to like find a couch? He's like, Hey, you know, we can check out the thrift stores. Sure. Yeah. That's where we would all go to get clothes. Right. So I was like, I was like, all right, fuck it. Let's go. <laughs> I found this awesome sectional couch that was so like 1990s Florida. Like it was yeah. like pastel colored but it was like like a gray with pastel like print 
yeah like, little shapes like seashells and like seahorses i was like <laughs> this is this is totally florida this is totally me looks like don johnson just spit all over this place <laughs> meanwhile and, i'm yeah go ahead go ahead and yeah, I think you, you, you guys all showed up too. And that was kind of like the genesis is like, yo, we can buy a couch. And Brittany, so we brought the couch <laughs> to my house. We like disinfected it, you know, with Lysol. Right. At first I like put old uh, like bed sheets over it. Cause I wasn't sure what was on it. Sure. Yeah. And I honestly like. Cause you're I buying a couch from thrift store. Yeah. That's who, the rightest thing to do. If you're buying a couch from a thrift store, the chances are there's like bed bugs in there, termites, or more than likely some old lady just died on it this morning. Or semen. Or semen, yeah. Or all, you know, honestly, all four. All the above. All, all the, the above. above. Meanwhile, you're doing that. Me and my friends, Corey and Andy and Ray, we're like rehearsing our band in, uh, in, in Corey's, uh, or no, sorry, Andy's garage. And Andy's like, yeah, let's have a, a couch party. He's like, what's that? So we get into Andy's truck and he explains that it's, you know, what we're going to do is we're going to drive around, find a random couch on the side of the road and then put it in a parking lot and party around it. Right. <laughs> and so, so did you end up bringing your couch too? Or was there a second couch? Cause there was definitely the couch that we found. No, I think, I think didn't, where did the party end? I thought it ended up near the thrift store. It was at, in, that's, so yeah, was so, it in the thrift so the thrift store the thrift had, store that I bought this couch from. Exactly. I was so, like, hey, this is weird. Did you buy a couch from the thrift store too? <laughs> you go back to the scene of the crime where you bought the thrift thrift store or bought the thrift store couch. couch. And I'd have to say that the parking lot at the thrift store was like a Best Buy parking lot. It was huge. huge. It was like the, the store was in the front, like most of the lots in Fort Myers and Cape Coral, for me, compared to living in New York, yeah. everything's spread out wide, huge. So Gigantic. Like, it was a normal-sized store, maybe, you know, 15, uh, maybe like 15,000-square-foot store. Yeah. But the parking lot could easily hold 80 cars. Oh. And it was like oh. a U-shaped. So, like, you had, like, rows and rows, and then it, like, went to the sides, and you had parking on the sides. It was, it was tremendous for the size of the store. But around 11 o'clock, you know, the, obviously the thrift store is closed. And us being the geniuses that we are, I pull up with Andy and Corey and Ray and a few other friends started to show up. We put that, that parking lot was completely empty. And we put the couch in the middle of the parking lot that you're describing. And then you bought the beer, right? Yeah. See, another fun <laughs> you got fact a keg. about Florida. Yeah, well, the other fun fact about Florida that's different than New York is that they have drive-through bevies. Like, yeah. at the end of my block, I didn't even have to get on a main road. Like, I can just drive out of my driveway, down the street, make a quick right, and then there was, like, a, a weird, like, dirt road that went into the bevy. Like, you could go up to the other street and turn on the, the, the paved road. Yeah. But if you were local, you could just go up the fake, you know, the, <laughs> the dirt road. makeshift road. Yeah, yeah, And you're yeah. in the bevy. And so I would just be like, yeah, throw a keg back there. It was animated, designed. Yeah. Animated and was, bucks, and then I'd have a keg, turn around, go right back home. I never was on the main road. I could I, be in my underwear. No one would have known. And it's literally a drive-through. <laughs> like this, like it, what people should picture is a barn with no right. doors. No, it's like a big firehouse kind of opening. 
Exactly, exactly. Like, there was two huge. doors on the end, but it was literally just like a long, straight house, like you said. Like a yeah, farm. you would drive, yes, pretty much you drive into the beer house, and then right. all around, you didn't even have to get out of your car. All around you is, you know, what they have. of shit. Fridges of, like, six-packs and, like, 24-packs, 48-packs, and then kegs, and then party ball, which is, like, a half-keg situation. And they would just. like a baboon. Yeah. The Mario Brothers. It did. It did. It did. The the came party. in a box, but you'd always take it out of the box, and it was just a big. It looked like a cannonball of beer. <laughs> yeah, the party ball. Yeah, what? Oh, I, was so good. The party ball was for, like, for small gatherings. You know, like four or five people. Four or five uh, people, but it's like what? The like keg was for like twelve beers. or more. Yeah, exactly. It was. It was. I think it was fifty-two beers. Fifty-two beers. Yeah, for a small yeah, so gathering four, of four, four or five people. people. Yeah. We were 21. You were 19. You didn't know any better. I'll tell you what, man. Uh, not much has changed except for the punishment in which my body uh, accepts, uh, yeah, which is significantly lower. Uh, so anyhow, so you drive through the bevy, the, the uh, beer house. The beer house. They pack a keg in the back. Tap. Right. But you have to buy the kit, too. So for $75, oh, yeah. they take $75, but they give it back to you at the end. Okay. So the beer was only eighty bucks. Okay. But for seventy five dollars, you get a tub. Uh huh. You get the 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 tapping mechanism, and right. then you get like two three bags of ice. Oh, that's great. Right, and then you get your seventy five dollars back once you return the tub and the the keg and the mechanism. Oh, great! Well, so I awesome. never returned the the mechanism and everything. I just kept returning the keg. So I never took a bucket. So it oh. was, I, they knew me. They're just like, right, oh right. hey Mike, oh hey how you doing Chantel. <laughs> Hey, Mike. Yeah. Hey, Mike. You getting the usual? Yeah. Just load up a keg in my in my back trunk. And, yeah. At the uh, time, I was packs. driving like a a '93 Toyota Corolla when I first oh, moved out. Yeah. And that thing could hold a keg in the back trunk. Man, that was about I love it. it. You're living the dream, man. You know, Mike. Uh, I can imagine your friends from New York talking about you be like yeah where'd Mike go like oh no he's living down in Florida oh that son of a bitch he made it down there about 40 years before all of us and then they're like no nah, he doesn't have any furniture but he buys a keg every day <laughs> he's living yeah. there and he's a lifeguard he's living the dream you couldn't be doing oh my gosh that's like some that's like some like little kid's dream up in New York to just dude it's my that. dream now as a 36 year old man living back in New York back of in New York so you I wish the, I could be a yeah. lifeguard making that kind of money Oh. At 21 years old and knowing how to save it. Oh, man. That's, was, a, that's a trick. Between, There's no saving. Between, yeah, between the, my lifeguarding job, you know, within like six months, I went from just being a lifeguard to a facility supervisor. Oh, yeah. And then within like three years, like I was, you know, there was my direct supervisor who was like the head of the department. And then it was like three of us that ran three different facilities. Wow. So I was able to get myself pretty quick, like on a fast track. Yeah, like I was making some decent money, and it was salary. It had a pension to it. Like it was adult shit that at twenty one oh. I didn't even think about. No, like, you're just turning and me. burning. Yeah, that yeah. money's burning a hole in your pocket. Right, and then I was bartending on the side, making cash. Oh my god! So I, I, I I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I would I disagree, but uh, for the I disagree of you being an idiot. However, uh, the way that this couch party story ends uh most people might contest that so you pick up the keg come meet us at the thrift store you were at earlier yes with uh, my own couch <laughs> with your own 
<laughs> it was bring like, your hey, couch party. A- <laughs> it could have been a bring your own couch party. That would have been great. So anyhow, you get back there and I, you know, the details are foggy with me. However, what I remember is there was some kind of like light or like, I don't know if there was a fire or something, but we had a couch, we had keg, a keg, thanks to I you. Think we had two or three cars like aimed at the couch. That's it. Okay. And then, and then we had like a ton of natty light, like maybe 32 or something, you know, some big case of yeah, natty light. Six rack. Yeah, exactly. And so we're just like hanging around partying. People are coming in. Uh, you know, it's a, it's like a, a fun chill time, but, but what were you, what, what was going through your head? Literally like maybe an hour, 20 minutes. Tops. Yeah. Easy. Most, most definitely. Like <laughs> you started getting like, cause you know how people are. It's like, Hey, we're having this couch party. Come at like seven 30, yeah. eight 30 comes around. People just randomly start showing up. Right. Like, right. Right. That should be late. So like yeah. we were there at seven 30, like we got there at seven 15, set up the couch, moved the cars around, had yeah. the keg ready. <laughs> so like we're exposed and not to mention it's like on a busy corner. It's Del Prado and like Pine Island Road, right? Right, yeah. Uh, yes. Like, and one, so, like a couple of blocks in or like a block or two in. Yeah, uh, right off the main drag, right. essentially. Uh, you, you couldn't miss it. And I, I don't think we were, trying to, we were trying to hide. I think we were just like, hey, I think the attitude was like, hey, if you're, if you're looking how far, for- a, How far we can go with this. Exactly. And if you're looking for a party, just, you know, park it in the parking lot here. Yeah. Uh, so- Eventually, after you know an hour and a half, uh, the cops end up uh, end up breaking it up, and you at the time were the only person I think of age. Yeah, so I was not of age. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. officer. I just showed up with my cousin. I live in New York. Yeah, exactly. What's your name? I, I was like, oh, I, I just named one of my neighbors that like live in my my, my neighborhood back home. Oh, I forget. I what named the name his name because I knew his address. I was like, my name's Gus Kudas. <laughs> I live at 24 Sherbrooke Drive in Smithtown. The story, the the uh, the legend of Gus. Uh, yeah. So then, yeah, because you you like whispered to me and you were like, "Hey, man, uh, don't call me Mike, call me Gus," because yeah. you weren't you weren't about to give up your ID because you would have been in some serious trouble. Uh-huh. Uh ab, ab, you know, because they would have pinned everything on you. And then what ended up? How did that night end up happening? I remember the cops coming and like IDing everyone, and then. Like the meanest girls from school drove by and started yelling out the window, like, you guys are dumb or a stupid <laughs> idea. Like, like, then why'd you show up? The, exactly. Like, it wasn't a stupid idea because if it wasn't a stupid idea, you wouldn't be here. It was a fun excuse. It was just, you know, we're living on the edge. We're just yeah. trying stuff new, you know, thinking outside the box. Exactly. So just like, hey, let's just hang out at, you know, Tori's house. So let's go to, you know, Let's go to the empty lot next to John's house. So we ended up we ended up getting away with that. You ended up not getting in trouble or anything. Oh yeah, we didn't get in trouble, but we did lose a kick. That's true. What happened? They well, they couldn't give it to us. Like I couldn't right. then be like, "Hey, I'm Gus. I'm underage. Let me have this keg back." <laughs> yeah. So they took the keg. Yeah. So they I made us. I think I ate the eighty dollar deposit on that. Ah, man. It's all good. My bad. We memories were made. Yeah. Exactly. It was fun. It was fun while it lasted. Uh, like we were talking about you, you know, you skipped a, a few, few decades in originally moving down to Florida. You know, why is it, why, do, you know, being, uh, being from Smithtown, Long Island, being from Long Island, why do you think so many people kind of romanticize Florida 
up in the Northeast? And why do so many people ultimately believe that they'll end up there? Um, from my experience, I can't speak yeah. for everybody else, but like going down there usually yearly, you know, the snowbird, I was originally a snowbird, right? You know, my grandparents lived down there, but every winter break, I was down in Florida. Like we were a warm family, you know, warm vacation family. Yeah. You know, oh. I did, I think my family one year did like a, Hey, let's go skiing in the mountains. Mm-hmm. And that was miserable for everybody except me. Yeah, because you want to avoid the. Oh, is it? Everyone's like, let's just go to the beach. Let's hang out. I'm like, you know what? I'm. I feel comfortable on the beach. I feel great there. I like the sun kissing my skin. I'm a warm weather person too, man. Uh, So yeah. So then, oh, so I see. I see what you're saying. So, the the families that you know um, travel down to Florida make it a regular thing. It's in their head that like, oh yeah, year round. Where you want to end up, but like you're only there for small little doses. Yeah, I thought Cape Coral was just like this happy, squeaky, clean little town. Right. And then I lived there for like a year and a half. And I'm like, this place, it's got some grime. (laughs) (laughs) Like the right kind of grime. The grime grime that I like. The kind of grime that you like. Yeah. There's like, you know, ex-New Yorkers, you know, maybe some people, uh, people there that, uh, you know, are, are in like a relocation if you're living if you like from my, my experience if you were living down there as um somewhere in the median age of like 28 to 35 yeah you were just like following your parents who retired and right. half of those people like really didn't have any really good life skills mm. so like there was just like this weird vacuum of people that would just literally just go back like be line cooks or yeah. be servers or be you know in the industries right bounce around different job to different job like i would see the same waitress at like five different places because she got fired at all the other four before because oh. she's just not that great of a waitress right you but know? that's the opportunities available to her you know i was talking to matt ashton you know growing up when we would go on the beach we would just one of the activities we would do is just walk on the beach not walk mm-hmm. to a thing not walk to go get something to eat not walk to like you know grab a coffee or something, but just like, let's walk to this side. Let's walk to that side. And I felt like, I feel like that's kind of a, that sort of meandering is the vibe of Southwest Florida for a certain age group, right? That you're describing. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. I feel like there's just like, I'm not going to say there's nothing to do. Like there's always something you could find and do, but like, there's not a lot of just like, there's not hype. There's not energy. Like the energy that I grew up in, like I live in New York. Yeah. There's like a certain level of anxiety that you're just naturally okay with. Yeah. When I moved to Florida, there was zero anxiety. <laughs> and I was getting more anxious when things weren't happening at such a, a pace that I was used to. Yeah. And when I became a supervisor at, in, at the pool, I had maintenance guys that would be like, I'm like, hey, listen, this broke. I need to get this fixed. Oh, it's lunchtime. I'll see you in an hour. I'm like, well, I'm telling you now. Like you bet you got 30 minutes for lunch. I'll see you in 30 minutes. And then <laughs> yes. the hour would be, the hour would be done. Then they'd stroll in like an hour and 30 minutes later. And then it's like, Oh, we need this part. I'll get it tomorrow. I'm like, it's now one thirty, and you know, you need the part. You're off at five. Go get the part right now. Yeah. Uh, and it would, it would it, I would be bashing heads with like grown men. And now I'm only 21, 22 years old. Yeah. Yeah. These maintenance guys weren't doing things that I was asking for in a timely manner. I'm like, I can't run this pool if the pump's down. Yeah. So I have to shut down the kiddie pool because kids just pee in it constantly. I need the chlorine <laughs> to pump into the water. 
So let's get it going. Let's get it going. You know, when you have to turn on the accent, they know you're serious. Right. <laughs> it's funny. I have my, my normal New York accent comes out when, when I was living in Florida. I would always get made fun of when I said coffee, right. water, mm-hmm. and um, coffee, water, dog. Dog, yeah. Um, when I met Ian and Ryan's mom, yeah. uh, Cleary, yeah. um, they're like, hey, this is my mom. Her name is Don. Don, to me, is D-O-N, Don. Right. They were saying Dawn. Oh. D-A-W-N. D-A-W-N. So I, it, it took me three times. I was like, how you doing, Don? Don. Like, D-O-N? She's like, no, Dawn. Like, she said Don the same way I say Don, but she was spelling it D-A-W-N. I'm like, oh, Dawn. Hi, Dawn. <laughs> yeah. I was like. That was, that was, you know, I had that New York accent. But what's funny is that the five years that I lived in Florida, I yeah. actually picked up a Florida accent. What was, yeah, what's that? Where, where, so where any do you words feel that, that have double R's and double T's. So like okay. my cousin, his name was, you know, growing up, he would always come up to North, uh, Lindsay's brother. Right. I would always call him Garrett. Okay. But he calls himself Garrett. Garrett. His name's Garrett. But Garrett. Yeah. But it's Garrett in, in, in New York. So, like, I started, I finally started. So now words like terrible, I say terrible (laughs) instead of terrible. That is, yeah, that's like, yeah, that is a Florida thing. Every time I say it, like, my family's like, why do you say it that way? You're weird. Yeah. And I'm just like, I I don't know. It's my, that's what I picked up in Florida, I guess. I call my cousin Garrett. I call Garrett Garrett. So any, like, double R, double T type words, I I, kind of Floridaize it. That's amazing. Well, I, we, we just got to see it a little bit or hear it. Uh, the Long Island, this Long Island attitude that you have. And uh, I don't think it's a bad thing. Most people, you know, when you're talking about attitude, it might be a bad thing. But like, what is the attitude of Long Island? Um, if, you know, if you could compare it to obviously Florida or other places, you know, it's, it's famous for having these like great, awesome bands come out of there that, you know, were so popular in our generation, like brand new. Yeah, crazy back amount of post-hardcore bands came out. But even, you know, Late seventies, early eighties, we had a great amount. You know, Blue Oyster Cult, yeah, Island. Don't fear the Reaper. Yeah, um, Billy Joel. He's that's he's right. A classic Long Island. You know, um, there's a lot of music. You know, you had Brand New, you had uh, Taking Back Sunday, you had Glass Straw, you yeah, had Head Automatica, which is just an off breed of Glass Straw because of Daryl Palumbo, uh-huh. and then um, I can just keep going. Like, um, yeah, as, as a music lions. Yes. Paul's Lions, they were like, I used to see them in a church in my neighborhood. Yeah. Um, when Jesse Lacey from Brand New would like come out with new material, he would yeah. go to this special little spot like up, up in Great Neck. And you'd go around and you'd be like, oh, I'm going to go see Kevin Devine today. Whoa. Jesse Lacey would show up. Yeah. And he'd just riff all his new shit as like just a practice. Dude, like, what I, a time. Was, yeah, it was. It was pretty cool. Like the Long Island music scene was pretty dope. And know. so. Yeah, and so in what, in what ways do you think the music was reflecting the attitude of I Long think Island? Just angst, you know, yeah. I think it was just angst. I think it's just that we're living on an island, and it's just slightly overpopulated. <laughs> so like everyone's kind of on top of each other, but like there's more than enough room out here on Long Island. But like, I, like I said, I, I work in the city now, and I right. commute every day, and people living on top of each other, like I, it's mind-boggling. Like at least I have you know, my 
quarter of an acre. But yeah. A quarter of an acre is, is all I got. Yeah. I got another a- person directly next to me with a quarter of an acre. Like living in Florida, when I first moved down there, there was still empty lots next door to my house. Yeah. So it was like, it was like Matt Ashton's house, our silent neighbor that I never met, but was right. pretty cool. They only called my parents like twice when I would have parties. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> apparently one day, like when my dad came down to visit, he like went over there secretly and was like, here, here's my cell phone number. Here's my house number. If anything ever happens where like my son's being an asshole, <laughs> call me and we'll take care of it. So like some of the parties that we would have at my house, they would call. But like, usually I was pretty good at it. I would go around and talk to every single one of the neighbors and be like, listen, I'm having people over tonight. I'm, you know, is that all cool? Yeah. You know? We're they're probably going to be partying till about midnight, one o'clock. Don't call the cops, please. Yeah, exactly. Which is always and, so and smart. They, they respected me for that. I was like, they're like, cool, okay, yeah, no problem. Huh? You, yeah, I usually didn't get that uh, with most like house parties. They were either impromptu or uh, you know <laughs> unsympathetic uh, to the neighbors, really. Right. Um, but I so guess, I don't know. Maybe that's just just the way I was up brought no. up. No, you brought brought up well. So when you're talking about Long Island and you're talking about Long Island compared to the city, what's something that like people, like how would you describe it? How would you describe Long Island other than, you know, I think Long Island is just an extension of the city, just where you could stretch your legs out. So basically like if if New York City is just like economy class, Uh Long Island's like, you know, the, the, uh, the, economy plus or the <laughs> or the you know the emergency exit aisle seat economy plus yeah oh yeah you know? exactly you're still tight but you got a little more leg room you're not your knees aren't up on the tray and yeah you're not, you know struggling to breathe in case of emergency yeah uh, evacuate to long island and then jump out the window right well <laughs> right now every since this whole covid thing happened like our our real estate's like jumped Really? A lot of people moving out to Long Island? Well, and everybody that wants to stay in New York is staying in New York. Everyone else is literally just fleeing New York, like left. Really? I think the same thing's happening out here. A lot of jobs that you can do remotely. um, Yeah, Joe Rogan. Yeah. Joe Rogan route. Go to Texas. Yeah. I mean, hey, Austin's a cool place. Um, Really quick, before before we get out of here, I want to ask you two more things. Um, (laughs) Um. Tell us the trick because you were, you like notoriously. So in mug back in mugs and jugs scores, there was a lobster claw machine. And it was like, you know, it's like the, um, for people that can't picture. Yeah. It's like a regular claw for like plush toys. Right. But you had filled it with water. But it was inside of a lobster tank. (laughs) So, so picture instead of plush toys in air and you're trying to pick out a plush toy out of the claw machine uh-huh. it's now being submerged into like eight to ten inches of water and there's lobsters moving around and that's next to what like the family mm-hmm. section or no sp- that was it was kind of tucked in the corner it was kind yeah. of near like our service station like where one of the like you know where the servers would go to get soda and stuff mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it was kind of in the way of them what was the trick? What was the trick to that? All right. So basically you have a claw. It's got three prongs. Mm-hmm. So the idea was the prong always turns like at 90 degrees as it's going down. Oh, it drops and, and turns. So and the idea is that you need to get the, the two prongs needed to be on the tail and the one prong on the head because then start. you couldn't swim backwards. Oh. So like you give me like 
10 bucks. And it was like, it was literally like $3 to play, but 10 bucks gave you five. Oh, uh, nice. Turns. Three for one, 10. Yeah. For yeah. five turns. Yeah, yeah. For 10 bucks, you get five turns. <clears throat> so someone will give me 10 bucks. I'm like, I guarantee I'll get you at least one lobster. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you tell me you're going to get a lobster dinner for more than $10 anywhere else on the, on, on Cape Coral. <laughs> They're like, no. It's like, I like my bets. I so like my I chances. Go, right. So they give me the $10. I go over there because sometimes the bar was dead if I worked from 6 to like 9 p.m. on like a Thursday. Yeah. It, it was quiet. But, you know, UFC nights or Friday nights or, you know, uh, championship college football Monday nights were crazy. Karaoke but, nights, so, mother-daughter nights. Yeah, mother-daughter nights. <laughs> mother-daughter <laughs> drinking. karaoke partner. racket down there. I used to, <laughs> I used to do my rounds. Yeah. Because that was one of my favorite pastimes. I would just smoke a doobie, go around, do karaoke. Oh, man. Bring Billy Joel to the masses. Oh, Billy Joel. Uh, but, yeah, the claw machine would be, boom, grab the lobster. They'd, I'd catch maybe one or two. They'd only need one, then I'd have a lobster. Like, oh, I guaranteed man. you one. Here's two lobsters. You want twin lobster dinner? Oh, yeah. Always a, always a hustle. Always amazing hustle. Uh, and it wasn't before- a free cook. We would, we would be able to cook it for you but it was like i think it was like a five dollar prep charge so you could either cook it there or just put put it in your pocket with ice i put it in a bag with ice and you just sit around the bar with it (laughs) just walk out with it to go fresh lobster (laughs) i love that uh before we leave do you remember uh my time the time that i uh i visited smithtown long island yes that was a great time that was a fun time yeah, you were at school at what? Where were you? Purchase? Uh, Nyack. Nyack. Yeah, so you yeah. were up there. So yeah, it happens. That like, yeah, that's an hour and a half to come to Smithtown for you. Yes. But I came up to New York and I had brought Steve Addington, and at the time he was dating uh, Ashley. Yes. And Ashley's a huge New York Yankee fan, similar to me. Uh huh. And so we did like, they came up for like maybe a week. I forgot what we, why we went up there, but like, yeah, we, we ended up planning a week where me, Ashley and Steve like went to my hometown mm-hmm. and then we did like the city tour stuff. You know, we went to a Yankee game and then the biggest draw around my town is every Wednesday, there's a bar called Napper Tandy's. Okay. And it's called wing night. So for yeah. $13 from nine to to 11 it's all you can eat wings you get either hot wings or teriyaki wings that's it yeah that's all you you need right and you get unlimited miller light draft so for those (laughs) two hours you were just consuming as fast as you can (laughs) because after that two hours they'd come around with just buckets of like miller light bottles and then be like 20 bucks 20 bucks 20 bucks (laughs) so you're already lubed up like yeah. yeah 20 bucks here you go sure that sure was, Why not? that was their gimmick uh, but that was like our local watering hole where yeah. it's like we never needed a school reunion or like you know like class reunion of class of 2003 right. because every wednesday night it could have been class of 99 to 2006 they'd all show up to napertandies for those who never left like it was a weekly reunion yeah oh man for people that never left town like that was like that was the thing wing night dude wing night and so I, much fun. you know the best was when i was able to pass the torch to my sister oh my sister really like 10 years younger than me and she's like can i come to wing night i'm like you're 19 <gasps> years old i was like yeah i got you <laughs> come on over It'll to be wing the night. first time getting the kids underage drinking but yeah you came down yeah um and it was it was a wing night and we, we had, had a hell of a we time. had a moment 
I remember, so I remember that because you guys were going to go to a Mets game and you had an extra ticket for me. Yeah. Uh, the next uh, the day. Next we were day. Go to a Mets game. Yeah. So we go to wing night. We're drinking, eating endlessly. And I think we even like got like some kind of like bagel situation, like late at oh, night. Oh yeah. There's a 24 hour bagel store right next to my house. So yeah. So then the, the wings weren't the part of the story. Enough. Yeah, exactly. You don't, you only know part of the story. I don't think I've told anybody else this, uh, but we, we, then we have bagels and we go back to your place and you're like, Hey man, why don't you just crash? Uh, I don't know what the hell time it was, but why don't you just crash here? Um, uh, and come to the Mets game with us tomorrow. And I could have, and I was like, no, I don't want, you know, and I looked cause I was looking at my phone and this girl that I was dating from Jersey, uh, or I was trying to date. She was like, Hey, what are you doing? And I don't know what time it was, it was late as hell, but I was like, like one o'clock. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing? And I was like, Oh, um, I'm on my way back from long Island. <laughs> That's oh. what I'm gonna be doing. So I made, so here's what happened. I made, I was so stupid. I mean, you know, it was stupid. Uh, learned my lesson, but I wish I hadn't in this way. So I'm driving the Celica. I've drive the, driven the Celica everywhere, uh, right, all across thing. the country. Yeah. Uh, Florida so to Birmingham. I know, man. Hey, 200,000 miles. But anyhow, this night, Rachel, the girl that I was uh, seeing or trying to date. Trying to see. Yeah. Trying to see. She's like, hey, what are you doing? It's like 1 a.m. And I'm like, if you're, if you're, there's only one thing to be doing if you're going to ask me this. So you were like, Hey, why just, Jersey? Yeah. You were just like crash here. Uh, we'll go to the game. We'll go to the game tomorrow. And I was like, no, no, no. Um, so I drive back going over the tap and Z getting a fucking car accident. Really? You didn't yeah, tell me this. I know. I got in a car accident, uh, right in front of, uh, the tap and Z bridge toll hit a, um, a, a, um, what was it? Um, a pickup truck and I collided and it wasn't like crazy serious, but I had some damage and it was such a bummer. It was because I was also, you know, I was also drunk, you know, like, let's be honest. Like I'm, you know, uh, and it was this, I felt so dumb, like trying to risk it all just to like, you know, hang out with this girl at like 2 AM or however fast I was going to, to get there before 2 AM. Uh, and then I ended up not seeing her. Obviously I was like, Oh yeah. And then I told her, I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna be able to make it tonight. And like, um, my front she was really bumper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My front bumper was destroyed and I had to get that replaced, which took like a couple months because you know, I was in college or whatever. And then, uh, and then I was like, Oh man, I should have just, cause I had never been to, was it city field at that time? No, no it was Shea stadium. Shea. I never went to Shea. I, and if, if I would just been smart, and been like, yeah, I'll crash here. Like, I could have gone to Shea Stadium, and uh, I wouldn't wouldn't have been out a couple couple grand just trying to just trying to get laid. You know what? The heart yearns for what it wants, man. And at that time, to quote Limp Biscuit, you did it all for the nookie. <laughs> that yeah. Fuck this yeah. pickup truck. I would have just went right through. He <laughs> didn't run that shit. Uh, yeah, I There's wish. No cops on a bridge, if you think about it. Ooh, just on that's, the other side. Just on the other side. <laughs> just there waiting for you. Right. Uh, just waiting to pick up the uh, the kid in the Celica. Uh, yeah, regrets. That's one regret that I. Uh, yeah. Well, anyhow, I ended up dating that girl for a while, and uh, she was cool. But you know, what well, you did you tell her to pay for your front bumper? I did not. No, that was yeah. trouble I got into myself, and uh, yeah, 
but uh but oh man if you're in i guess the lesson is if you're in smithtown you stay in smithtown yeah. right uh because 24 hour bagels i mean come on best bagels around i love it well i love long island I love you, Mike. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, I know we missed it up top, but is there anything you'd like to plug or uh, bring people to or bring people yeah, to bring the attention? Yeah, bring you right to? here to the Peter Murphy Florida Versus show, man. <laughs> there you go. This hey, is that's... what I listen to on my commute daily, you know. Hell I'll go God. like a week without listening just so that I have like three or four lined up. All right. And then well, I'll just yeah. start randomly texting them like, hey, <laughs> that was a great story. I, was, I remember that one. <laughs> Well, I was like, when am I getting on? I really want to get on this thing. I know, I know. Well, this is the first uh, appearance of many. So, Mike, thank you so much for, for joining. I, I really appreciate it. Floridians, thanks for tuning in. I'll talk to you next time.